Here is what you missed this morning on the Catholic Morning Show. Let's go to our next guest. He is pastor of Christ the King on the south side of Des Moines, Father P.J. McManus. Hello, Father. Good morning, John. All right. All things devotions today, Father. I, I, I think this is a good kind of topic to go around um, because I think there can be a lot of confusion, not only outside of the church, but also inside of the church on kind of what these are, uh, why they're important. Let's just start with kind of defining our terms. If someone says, uh, Father, what's a Catholic devotion? How would you define that? So so the word devotion uh, comes, uh, surprise, from Latin, <laughs> uh, devota or devota, uh, which, uh, so the day, right, is always of or from. And the voto is uh, where we get our word vote from. Hmm. So, um, so, so, uh, it just means of the will, basically, right? So, uh, so early, early on, uh, devotio became a, a, a verb in Latin, and it meant um, like to do something with a lot of excitement or fervor or enthusiasm. And it was used both in religious contexts uh, for us and for pagans, but also um, like in romantic contexts. So think, uh, think Greece and hopelessly devoted, right? Yeah. So, so uh, uh, a popular devotion or a, a devotion simply, right? Like at its most basic level, is a uh, an act of prayer on the part of uh, of a Christian that's done with some especial fervor or devotion, right? Yeah. Uh, it's it, 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 the the language of devotions was really developed to distinguish it uh, from the liturgy. So, liturgy's public prayer. And public prayer is highly, highly regulated by the church because it's got to be free of error and it's got to make sure it authentically reflects the church's vision for whatever the thing is that you're doing. Sure. Um, uh, devotions are regulated. Like, if they're authentic, they need to be in conformity with the church's teaching. But um, but because they're more personal expressions of piety, um, they don't they don't need to be regulated in the same way. And so, and so in, in some ways... You know, uh, devotions are our personal prayer, and the liturgy is our public prayer. So, go back to that for a second. I, I don't get to just make up my own devotions. Is that correct? No, not not like it, you, what you shouldn't do is sit around and think. I wonder how I can like create a new holy card or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's not going to be helpful. But I, you know, the, the 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 popular devotions, and popular simply means like not just you, right? It's a thing that that belongs to mm-hmm. many people. Um, they tend to happen organically, right? So, so, so a person or a group of people um, begin to show great fervor in their prayer to Saint So and So, or around the feast of this and that, or or uh, at a particular place. Pilgrimages are a great example of popular devotions, right? So we 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 travel from one place to another. Now. Sometimes people will try and pit devotions against the liturgy. It's like, mm. well, you shouldn't be saying your rosary because you need to be paying attention to Mass. Well, that's probably true at Mass, fair enough, right? But, like, it's not like the rosary is somehow opposed to Mass. These right. are complementary prayers, right? And so so in that way, um, devotions do uh, interact with the liturgy. So if you go on a pilgrimage to some shrine or something, you're probably going to go to Mass once you get to the shrine. Mm-hmm. Well, that Mass isn't a devotion. It's still the Mass. It's the Church's public prayer. But... If you say a particular rosary or chaplet while you're walking from here to there, 
or if um, uh, if you have a series of prayers, if there's a novena, novenas are a great example of devotions. Uh, if there's a uh, if there's a nine day period of prayer before the day of the pilgrimage, those those would all be examples of uh, of devotions. I I think here when you talk about kind of organic, uh, you know, organically kind of rising these devotions, I think it's Saint Joseph. You know, I mean, for it seems to me that for much of the church's history, there wasn't a lot there for Joseph. It's it's kind of a relatively new devotion, mm-hmm. if you will, in the life of the church. And I, I kind of sit back and I think, why? Like, how is this, you know, it, looking at spanning the whole history of our church, how is this so new? It's really incredible. Yeah, well, uh, there's that would require a separate segment. I have oh. thoughts on that, <laughs> on that for Joseph, but I think I think the general lesson that can be taken from it is something like this: um, uh, How did how did Saint? Maybe I'm going to flip the question. Yeah. How did devotion to Saint Joseph become so popular in the last hundred years? Well, we had a pope whose given name was Joseph. Mm. Makes sense. <laughs> and, so, and so he had a personal devotion to St. Joseph. And this is often how devotions work. I didn't even think of when that. When somebody becomes leader of a community, their devotional life impacts that community very, very deeply. And so, um, so uh, you know, I, I would say the community here, Christ the King, um, probably has a devotion to the Rosary and to St. Dominic now in a way that they didn't six years ago when I first arrived. Interesting. Because I'm the leader of the community, and I have a strong devotion to the Rosary and St. Dominic, and so, so, so that's impacted the community. Now, a leader's got to be careful. He doesn't just impose his own will on everybody else. Sure. Right? Um, but, but, but I think something like the devotion to St. Joseph, you had several popes that were devoted to St. Joseph, and so over time, um, it, it, simply, it, it, it simply grew in the life of the whole church, because obviously the pope has a lot bigger parish than I do. Makes sense. Um, why not just devote our lives to Jesus and call it a day? That's it. Well, we do, and 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 this, you know, this, this kind of style of question, uh, especially when our Protestant friends ask it, uh, Protestants have devotions too. They just don't tend to call it that. Mm. They'll talk about devotionals, which does like the way mainline Protestants will use the language of a devotional is actually pretty close to the way that uh, that, that Catholics often do. So devotionals are typically like. Um, pamphlets or books or maybe now apps that you use for kind of your daily prayer routine. Um, and and, and that, that does parallel very much how, how Catholics' experience of devotion often is, right? The typical layman is not going to be saying the Divine Office every day. Mm-hmm. He might, if he's especially pious, go to daily Mass some, but he's not going to be saying the Divine Office every day. So the way that he's going to be structuring his own daily prayer is going to be largely based around, well, kind of what charges him up, what what he has a lot of fervor about. Yeah. Um, and so those are devotions, um, whether they're explicitly, like, you know, recognized popular devotions or just his own his own sort of rule of prayer. Um, and, uh, and and that's, that's how we—you can't have an unfocused spiritual life that is just generically dedicated to Jesus. You're going to do something, like, habitually— and you're going to say or read particular parts of Scripture, say, at particular times. Um, uh, and, and those are all expressions of what we Catholics would call devotions. Good segment today, Father. Really good. You mentioned real quick before we go the Rosary, Dominic. Any other devotions that you'd encourage us to at least look into, read, if yeah. someone doesn't yeah. have one? So, 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 so the, the, the Rosary is far and away the most popular. Yeah. Um, uh, again, it's regulated by the church, but the way that we do it, what time you do it, how you break up the decades, all that kind of thing, that's very individual. Um, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, right, is very popular now. 
that's basically a contemporary expression of what has been known at different times in history, uh, like like really related to the Sacred Heart, that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a devotion attached to Christ's humanity. Um, I, I would say one of the best experience I have had of devotions, and this is what I would I would encourage our listeners to do, rather than say pick up. Father PJ, give us some particular devotion you think we need to look into. This is what I'm going to say. If there's a devotion that you find especially strange or foreign, that's the one that you should try and pay attention to. Mm. If, if you find a natural aversion to it, you should count. Because if, if the Church accepts it, and I don't like it, the problem can't be with the Church. Interesting. Now, now, so, so, now I'm racking my brain. What's so, the one that? So I'm going to give you an example. Yeah, right. this is where this is where I learned this lesson, right? So, um, so in the, the the college seminary at Loras, we had this very large statue of the Infant of Prague. I don't know if it was still there when you got there, but when I was there, there was this very large statue of the Infant of Prague, and it used to move around the house because it was so big. We'd use it to prank each other, and so we'd put, you know, the and he was he was so big, he was like the toddler of Prague, right? So we called him. Chucky instead of Chucky because he looked like the doll from the horror movie. <laughs> well, I so I I delighted in telling that story once I got to the Dominicans and and after several months, one of the older fathers took me aside and he said, uh, "You really need to consider yourself, son, because that devotion has helped a whole lot of people for a whole lot of centuries, and not just Czech people, but people from all over the world." Wow. So I I took the advice seriously, and I started. I got a little pamphlet on the Infant of Prague, and I learned about its history. And uh, and I started I started uh, praying um, the the novena to the infant of Prague, and it didn't happen all at once. It took several months, but over time, I came to see it for what it was, which was just a particular cultural expression of devotion to the incarnation. So you 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 dress baby Jesus up as a king in order to recognize that he's a king even from the cradle, hmm. and uh, and this helps you love Jesus better on the whole. And so so if if you know. If if the Hispanics in Guadalupe freak you out, then you need to start paying attention to Our Lady of Guadalupe. If uh, if um, a Eucharistic devotion, you Eucharistic adoration, you find um, tedious and long, you need you need to put your knees on a kneeler in front of the Blessed Sacrament and sort out what's going on there. If there's if there's if there's a part of the, the the Church's life or practice that really challenges you, don't only focus on what's good and comfortable because it's good and comfortable, but press yourself. Uh, to, to, to do and be better. And even if it doesn't become your devotion, so the infinite prog is still not like my kind of go-to or something, I can understand people better for whom it is, and, and it helps me love them better, which is, of course, the goal. I, I, the, the Holy Spirit's working, because I, I, I said to myself, when you asked that question, which one, I don't find it weird, I just have never really gotten into it a lot, it was the brown scapular. I've just thought, what, what, you know, I, I just have never really kind of gotten into it, never been my thing. And I look over to my right, and my eyes just make contact with the brown scapular on Our Lady's statue over there. So I, I think the Holy Spirit might be trying to tell me something through you, Father. That was, uh, woo, that gave me the goosebumps. Uh, would you give us your blessing? Sure. May the peace and blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Father P.J. McManus, God bless you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, gang. All right. Father PJ. Listen to the Catholic Morning Show weekday mornings at 7 on the Iowa Catholic Radio Network, iowacatholicradio.com, or the Iowa Catholic Radio app.